For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 199 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we are almost to 200 episodes. I'll be damned. We om- we've almost done it, Will. One public hair away. <laughs> one, one public hair away. You be careful. You be um, careful now. Man... I got to tell you, buddy, I am having a hard time reacclimating to post-celebration world. And it was just so great, you don't want to come back to reality? It's, it's that, and dude, work has been kicking my ass nonstop. It, it doesn't hurt that, or it doesn't help that we're getting into, like, the busy season at my job. Spring and summertime right. uh, are, are, like, the real heavy season. So like, and then having to catch up on anything I missed while I was gone for celebration, like, oh my God, hopefully, hopefully by tomorrow I should be caught up and then next week can just be another sort of normal week for me. I'm hoping so for your sake. But I got to say, knock on wood, I appear to have dodged the con crud this time from celebration you know like maybe staying in uh, spooky central scared all the germs away yeah maybe germs are scared of a ghost too I, I never thought of that that hypothesis will but maybe you're on to something there buddy never saw a sick ghostbuster did you no I guess you didn't I was really trying to think was there like a part where Vankman was like, oh shit, I got a head cold. Um, so yeah, dodge the con crud. Not he even doing... got slimed by Slimer. You would think there so... would be some bacteria in there, right? <laughs> I feel so oogie. Um, yeah, man. Just, just having, struggling. Struggling to get back into the swing of things. That's not good to hear that, you know, it's a fight for you to get back on top. 
Yeah, I'd, like I said, I think I think after tomorrow I have it straightened out. And like today, Jesse was uh, before she went to work. She's like, "Do you want to see Avengers this weekend? Because if we don't, we're probably going to have it spoiled." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to see Avengers this weekend." Hell yeah! I just don't. I was gonna. I was. I was like, I'm gonna see it tonight or tomorrow night, depending on when we podcast. Yeah. You know. I just don't know when I'm actually going to, we're going to have it like between the two of us when we're going to have time to go see it because she works tomorrow night. Right. And right. her family's all coming into town because her niece Hunter uh, is graduating college Saturday. Congrats mm-hmm. Hunter, by the way, she doesn't listen. She's too cool for this, but her dad listens. So Keith passed the message along. Hunter gets a shout out on Absolutely. blue harvest. Um, no, uh, so like no matinee action possible there. Well, I no, I think her graduation's like early in the morning on Saturday. Not well, not early. It's not like at six a.m. It's not like a graduation by sunrise or some shit. But it's like nine or ten, and then they're having like a, a get together afterwards. And hmm. I was just like, yeah, I want to see it, but I don't think we're gonna have time. So you know, well, you know, I read a story that some theaters are planning to do you know 24-hour showings you know show it through 24-hour segments just to make sure they can get everybody and i don't think that'll happen in you know mississippi or alabama but yeah it is interesting that well you know they're anticipating such a haul you know there was and yeah i mean this movie is going to be huge there's no doubt about it uh end game is going to be huge it's the end of the avengers as we know it and you know i love marvel movies i love them I love Marvel comics. When there was not Star Wars, like new Star Wars for me to ingest, Marvel comics were like my new stories. You know what I mean? Right. But Star Wars is where my heart is, right? We do a Star Wars podcast, not a Marvel podcast. Um, love Marvel movies, though. But So I just want to, like, I think Endgame is going to make more money than Episode Nine. Uh, I mean, I think so. And I, you know, not saying that it deservedly so, but I just think so. Just because I think Marvel has caught enough maybe significant others that don't care, that didn't maybe really care. Yeah, and like the Marvel movies do really well in China where the Star Wars movies don't, you know? The real question is, will it make more money than the force awakens and i think it stands a chance i think it honestly stands a chance i you know i think after you do that cliffhanger in infinity war which made a ton of money like and and then it comes out on video and more people that weren't at the theater to see it see it and they're like god i want to see what happens next like i think this has the opportunity to be a fucking a huge one you know what i mean like yeah <clears throat> and all respect to them it's you know it's going to be regardless of who it was it's going to be a, a little bit of a bummer to see that force awakens record possibly um taken down and then like no once again no offense to episode nine super excited for episode nine i'm sure it's going to do amazing business but if it if if in game um beats the force awakens box office total there's no way episode nine takes that shit back i just i don't think there's any way i think episode nine will do you know if it follows the classic 
sort of trajectory. I always have a trajectory. I always have a hard time with that word. And it's a three-hour commitment. Yeah. Do you want to hit me with that word real quick? Trajectory? Thank you. Thank you, Professor Will. Um, if you follow like the the path of the sequels or, or like the trilogies in the past, like you know the first one does really well, the second one doesn't do quite as well, but still really well, and then I believe the third one makes a little more than the second one. So you know, the rise of Skywalker, I would not be surprised if it you know pulls in. I don't know, like. I'm not good at this kind of stuff, but like maybe a couple hundred extra million than The Last Jedi. Like, I think The Last Jedi ended with 1.6 billion, 1.7. And I could see uh, The Rise of Skywalker getting to like 1.7, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's getting to that, <clears throat> that crazy $2 billion Force Awakens money. That's That was a special place and time you know over 10 years without a star wars movie in theaters the original cast is coming back jj abrams the crazy hype machine like i just i don't know it's good they're either gonna have to take like a significant break which we'll talk about a little later say i was gonna say that's the one thing we didn't talk about well one of the things we didn't talk about last week right and i like We'll, we'll hold most of the discussion to then because I haven't even gotten to the business. How did we even get started talking? I am, I'm fucking fired up, man. I think I'm glad. We're just, just firing all cylinders. I, th- I think I'm just glad to not be working right now. Um, but I'm yeah, just thinking about how awesome it was to see you and Jesse. Yeah, live show last time. Man, that, that was so cool. I'm so glad you got to come. That was like. I'm telling you, I I don't know for sure, but I think you and Will or you and Goose showed up the weekend after celebration last time in 2017. Uh-huh. So I think you have this weird like psychic thing where I'm like where you're like, I should go to Birmingham and see what's up. Cause I'm telling you, dude, like that brightened the post celebration blues for sure. Getting to hang like- out. It's like built into my internal clock. Yeah, man. Uh, thankfully, unlike the time you came with Goose, you didn't get sick on the way home this time. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I guess I, we should do the business, and then we'll talk uh, some Star Wars. Hit me. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blue harvest pod. You can email. This is very important guys. Next week is episode 200. We're going to be releasing it on May the 4th, our four year anniversary of doing the podcast. Um, email us voicemails and shit. We want to hear from you guys. Um, so if, if you've never done a voicemail before, it's super easy. Like just record something as a voice memo on your phone and attach that file to the email. What is that email? Blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. That's that email. Um, shit. I hit a fucking business pothole now. Ah, we have a Patreon where we release 
bonus Blue Harvest content. Um, Jesse and I put up a special Celebration Jaws episode. It's funny because like the first three or four segments, right, are us driving to Chicago and just recording about shit on an 11-hour road trip. And then I was like, okay, we'll record later. And then we got distracted. And the next segment is after celebration. And both of us are like hoarse in the voice. We sound super tired. We're like, heading back to Alabama. Um, Check that out. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. I am babbling. No, you're good. Um. Check out the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, where we are a babbling brook next to the roaring rivers of podcast content that come from the likes of Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, uh, The Sith List, Rogue One, a podcast for winners, a Star Wars podcast for winners even, uh, Target's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, First order transmissions and the cargo hold. I think I got those all right. I think so. Uh, and I think that's about it. Oh, if you want to see the Steel Wars live show from Chicago, he's going to be premiering that on his YouTube channel on May the 4th. Uh, I'm on it. Uh, Claire from the Imperial Senate podcast is on it. Uh, Jason Ward. They do the Emily Lind um, fan fiction dramatic reading that is something else on many different levels. Um, (laughs) Araj was on there. Like, There's a whole bunch of folks on there. You should check it out. It's going to be a really good time. I'm looking forward to going back and uh, seeing it from a more sober mind, if you will. <clears throat> and that's going to be on his Steel Wars uh, YouTube page, so check that out. All right, I think that's all the business. Um, I'm going to have more business. Like One of the things I want to do this weekend is sit down and look through all the cool shit I got from people at Celebration. And... Like, a lot of people do, like, really cool original artwork or buttons or, you know, what have you. Um, And I got some really cool ones and I want to, like, showcase some of them on the podcast and on Twitter and stuff. I just need to go through and catalog it. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't even had a chance to sit down and really look through all that stuff. Did you get a chance to look through your celebration grab bag that I gave you, Will? Oh, man, so good. All the juicy goodies in there. Yeah, man. I wish I I need more things. You know what I mean? So I can put... I feel like I've got more stickers than I have items to put them on. Like I need another laptop and another... You know, like I need to buy like a... I don't know, a tackle box or something to start putting stickers on it. Dude, I know exactly what you mean. Like I have two laptops... You know, I've got my work computer and then I've got like the little tablet that I do the Skype call and stuff on for the podcast, mm-hmm. like loaded down with stickers. Uh, I have the case for my Zoom, like that new little recorder I got loaded down mm-hmm. with stickers. Like I'm 
smacking stickers on everything and i still am like damn i got more stickers where am i gonna put all these stickers <laughs> it's awesome i love little shit like that um, me too yeah so um all right what are we gonna talk about well let's let's roll it into the thing we were sort of talking but dancing around with because i was like ah, all, hiatus. all of a sudden i wanted to add structure when i'm the one that's fucking won't shut the fuck up you don't shut the fuck up um yeah so it came out during celebration um and i'm trying to remember if this was one of the things that came out before celebration or if this was after episode the episode nine panel like during all the um the press interviews with like kathleen kennedy and stuff but she basically confirmed that star wars is going on a short hiatus uh, do we know how short short is so definitely no movie next year i mean i thought at the least five years Mm-mm. no like the article from anthony bresnikin said definitely no movie next year and maybe no movie the year after i would be surprised if it's even two years because oh i wouldn't be dude there's no way you're gonna have the game of thrones guys and ryan johnson signed up for a trilogy and like make them wait five more years you know what i mean now a year to like make sure they have enough time to get because they're starting from scratch you know what i mean this is not a case where they're using like every new disney star wars movie that we've gotten has been sort of built off of something we've had before. You know what I mean? The sequel trilogy is a sequel to the original trilogy. Rogue One is a story that ties into A New Hope. Solo is dealing with a prequel story of an already established character, right? So I think it's a good idea to let them have extra time, but I'm, I'm telling you, I bet you there's one in 2021. There's no way it's five years. So you're thinking we won't have another Star Wars movie till 2024? I mean, I'm again, like you said, I mean, they got two different people committed to their own trilogies. And well, it would be surprising if they didn't start. But like, you know, filming production hasn't started on either of those, right? Um. So the like that's okay i'm gonna say no but i think work has started on both of them so pre-production yeah and started you know but doesn't it take like let's say you start filming it still takes you know two years from the time you start filming to you till a premiere right no dude episode nine finished remember episode nine finished filming like what was that like two months ago or something where we got that picture of like poe and all of them together and that's coming out this year. So, like, I was talking about this with Jason Ward a couple of weeks. Maybe it was at Celebration. I don't think so. I feel like it was in a phone conversation. And we were trying to, like, sort of ascertain, like, if there was going to be a Star Wars movie next year. This was clearly before, you know, we had the confirmation of the hiatus. When the latest they would have to start shooting it was for it to come out say December 2020 next year. And we sort of like came to the conclusion that like episode 9 started shooting in like 
September, October? No, August, somewhere in the fall of 2018, right? Yeah. And then ran through this year. So at the very latest, they would have had to start at like August, September, October this year for a movie next year. <clears throat> so, but okay. go ahead. I, I don't think they'll do the one movie at a time thing. I got the feeling they're going to Lord of the Rings it where they film all three movies in one chunk. I could definitely see that maybe be, I don't know if they're going to do it for both of them. Cause then <clears throat> how do you handle the release schedule? You know, like I that, mean, that's been the, the question that that's a real know, question we've been dancing around star Wars this, since it came out new, you know, since, since they decided they were going to do the saga films and solo, you know, the whole thing is when do you, re- I mean, I'm, like you, I think, you know, Star Wars is going to end up being a Christmas thing. I think... I think the way it's it's performed so far is definitely going to, you know, move them in that direction. Because it seems like Disney is leaving the summer for Marvel, Christmas for Star Wars. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of the feel I get. Um, well, when, and what else I mean is, so like, let's say... You know, the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Benioff and Weiss series are in production sort of one after the other. Like, you see what I mean? Like, I also don't see a situation where you lock someone in for a trilogy where you make them wait for a a whole other trilogy to complete, if that makes sense. So, like, like, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead, buddy. It's fine. The Benioff and Weiss stuff and the Ryan Johnson, they're almost, to me, are separate entities. What I'm really interested in, how long is the hiatus between episode 9 and episode 10? Oh, that. you that is, That's kind of what oh. I'm thinking about five years out. Oh, maybe. okay. So, see, that's what I thought you were saying five years with no Star Wars movies at all. And I, I, I didn't, I mean... N- I kind of forgot about those other trilogies in the works there for a second, and when you brought them up, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, it, that's probably that's got to come out in the next two or three years." So, yes, obviously. I mean, and when I when I thought hiatus, I knew those were in production, and I was like, "Do they mean, you know, the next?" I mean, will it even be called Episode Ten? Will they drop? Will Disney drop the the numbers and just like? try to start fresh with the story after Ray. Right. That's a good question. And we have a little chunk of info that I pulled and set aside for talking about this evening. Um, But um, that is a good question. I kind of feel like there's almost, um, I don't know. Because they keep saying that this ends the Star Wars, this ends the Skywalker saga. Right. But and then. So could, far, the Skywalker saga is the only one that's been numbered. Right. But then. Well, it's the only ones that have also gotten direct sequels. Like, it would have been interesting right. to see if Solo had made a billion dollars yeah. at the box office and they had a sequel to that. What would it have been called? Yeah, would like, have been called Solo 2? That doesn't sound like, as a title, that's not great. Um, that would have been interesting to see. Um, 
so with, as far as the continuation, like if episode 10 in quotation marks ever does roll around, which I'm a firm believer that it will, I really I think the story will continue, you know, obviously yeah. from, from, you know, starting with rise of the Skywalker, the story's going to continue, you know, on forward. Eventually. I Eventually. totally believe that. I like King Tom's idea. He, he said this originally on Twitter. I believe that like, he liked the idea of episode 10 coming out in 2027, which would be the 50th anniversary of mm. Star Wars. Like that could be a, a neat little like, um, you know, big event. You know, the 50th anniversary of Star Wars and the beginning of you know the next trilogy after the sequel trilogy. And I almost wonder if like the way they'll get around that is if that does eventually happen is they say, yeah, like episodes one through nine were the Skywalker saga. Episodes 10 through 12 are the whatever saga. You know what I'm saying? Just give that section um, its own. Here's Here's an interesting question. Do you think they'll drop the trilogy aspect? Yeah. And go for like maybe a two movie set, two movie sets. I kind of wondered that two three hour movies. I kind of wondered that with the Benioff and Weiss um, movies because they weren't announced as a trilogy in the official announcement from uh, Lucasfilm on StarWars.com. It said a series of Star Wars movies. So interesting. Maybe they could go just until question marks. Like maybe. The chunk of time they've, they've, you know, the chunk of timeline that they've been given is so distant, removed, that they could just keep making those. Into what I wonder, like what I was was sort of wondering earlier is like, if the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Benioff and Weiss trilogy are going at the same time, let's say in 2021, we get the first movie of the Benioff and Weiss trilogy. And then let's say in 2022, we get the first movie of the Ryan Johnson trilogy. How do you market that so people realize like that's not a sequel to the movie that came out before, it's its own first movie in a trilogy? And I kind of wonder if the reason or how they're going to do that is make them visually so different that you it's it's like very obvious and the way you do that is by setting one one of the trilogies i would have to guess way back in the timeline or i guess even way in the future of the timeline you know that's that's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that shakes out let me just say as a side note we're finally coming on the future when that what i thought would be the future when i was a kid like teenager years uh-huh. i was thinking oh like it's the future when we say 20, whatever, you know, and I know we've been doing it since, you know, like 2010, but I, it's still, it kind of felt like there was a lot of 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, it, there wasn't a lot of 20 talk along about 2015. We were like, uh, 2015, 2018. But I feel like when we hit the 2020s, like that's the future. When you say like 2021, you feel like, Oh wow. Like, you know, we're going to be driving around in space cars like Man. 2024, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a stupid thing. Like when I was in middle school, I was like 2020. That's like the super future, the super future. I'm just glad 
that I'm still around and kicking after the year 2000 because a couple of teachers at my school definitely tried to convince people that maybe the year this 2000 is the end time. Yeah, was the end of the world. Like we had this one teacher, he was a coach, um, who went on this long rant leading up to Y2K and he was like, you guys, I think we got to take this seriously. Like the end times talk about the beast. There's this supercomputer that runs everything. Guess what it's called? The beast. What What's going to happen on Y2K when that shuts down? Like, and dude, it gave me anxiety. I never really put a lot of stock in that. Like I understood the programming nature of the dilemma, but I knew that they were retrofitting all the computers, you know, fixing programming. So it didn't make <laughs> a lot of sense. And then that, that evening... Like, you know, my family was staying up, but everybody had passed out. You know, people were asleep. You know, mom and stepdad and brother were asleep in different various positions in the living room or whatever. And uh, I watched the ball drop and then I looked over and I was like, oh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's the year 2000. It's like midnight plus a minute. My computer's still <laughs> running. The TV's still running. I guess everybody's full of shit. I was playing. I remember what I was doing. This this shows you what like a hip kid I was my junior year in high school because that's, I'm, yeah, I think I was a junior. I was on my computer playing EverQuest to keep myself fucking distracted from the possible oncoming apocalypse. And, now, and then just eventually I was like, well, I'm still on here playing EverQuest. I'm going to just keep on playing EverQuest. <laughs> Weird thing right after that, um, not right after, but when 9-11 happened, uh, for some reason, all the gas stations had lines around the block. I remember that because I was It was Starkville. as if, it was, I, I don't know how it started or how the, pan, I guess this is just, you know, case study on mass hysteria, but it was as if there would be no more gasoline. Well, and I mean... <clears throat> there was that when when Hurricane Katrina happened. You know, I was in Mississippi, like nowhere near the damage or anything that the coast got. But you know, we got a little bit of the storm. And yeah, I, when this this tornadoish storm came through, we had to hunker down in the dorms at Mississippi State. Yeah, and then but like the next day, I waited in line for like an hour and a half for gas. People freaked oh, out wow. then too. And, and down gonna... here in the south, when it starts snowing, uh, they got to get the milk and bread. Like, there's this funny little video of this old guy. He's like, oh, my God, looking at the sky. The milk and bread. I got to get the milk and bread. The snow's coming. Dude. I don't know why they do that down here in the south. Like, nothing ever shuts down to where there's not milk or bread. But And those are both perishable. It's not like, uh, uh, I don't know, you know. Dude, you go, like, ever since that quote-unquote snowpocalypse that came through Alabama a few years back, you know, when people yeah, were like... kind of like an ice storm, really, more than a snowstorm. Uh, were um, abandoning their cars on the highway and shit because of ice and snow. Like, ever since then, all it takes is, like, the, the smallest whisper of a rumor that we're going to get a snowstorm. And shit around here will shut down. Like, there was a day this year where, like, I couldn't go to work because shit was shut down. And it was because it was supposed to snow. It never even snowed. It was a perfectly beautiful day. It was even sunny, <laughs> right? But you go by the grocery stores and like it's a mob. There are people there like, 
oh, we got to stock up because this could cases be. Cases of water. Cases of canned <coughs> chili. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Mm. It's it crazy. We we don't fuck around with snow. Like, that's one thing I was thinking when we were in Chicago. Like, the snow in Chicago, like, I don't even think it was that big of a, like, a, a snow day for Chicago. But, like. <laughs> And those Southerners are like, I bet the milk and bread flies off the shelf. Well, dude, like I, we were taking public transportation that morning to the convention center for the Mando panel. And no, no, we Ubered, we Ubered to the Mando panel. And I was just like, it's like, look at the traffic. Like there, the roads would be desolate if it snowed, like people would be dead if it snowed this much in one day in Alabama. (laughs) ambulances would refuse to go out it was the like big old chains on their tires (laughs) it was the most snow i've personally ever seen in person you know and it Mm -hmm. and i'm sure to like to like johnny he was that was probably just like a a, uh you know an afternoon another tuesday so um all right let me anyway back to the hiatus and the where where star wars falls I mean, Mark Hamill brought up the fact that the potential for, I don't know, what is he, what did he call it? Uh, oh, it's not oversaturation, but uh, wear out like. Oh, uh, burnout. No. Burn, yeah, I guess burnout is the word. I don't know. Maybe not. He said he phrased it differently, but I, I still don't think he was right. No, I think I think part of the way you avoid it is by trying to keep something fresh. And hold on, I'm going to pause until Dharma stops barking. Jesse's coming in. Oh my goodness. Dharma. Dharma. Dharma Initiative Burkhart. Come on. Hey, Dharma. Dharma. You know that person. That's Jesse. Okay, so where were we? Oh, talking about like the future Star Wars movies the and Star Wars burnout. Like... I kind of think like in some regards like the biggest hurdle you had to get over with like episode 7 with the Force Awakens was like coming up with a new cast of characters that you could have alongside the classic characters that people lock, lock like latched on to as much as like Han Solo, Luke Skywalker um princess leia chewbacca etc etc right and i feel like they've done that i feel like jj abrams did a really good job uh, and lawrence kasdan of um doing that and kicking off this trilogy but in some ways the idea of like a fresh new trilogy with fresh new characters without supposedly any attachment to anything that's come before to like sort of like hold yourself up on it's kind of a scary proposition when you think about it, you know? It is. So I hope the f- I hope by doing that, like if they're successful th- with that, then I think that could curtail Star Wars burnout. If they're able to do a setting and a story and introduce characters that people latch onto as much as Ray or Poe or Finn, you know, or Kylo. And I feel like I just have this gut feeling that the Mandalorian is going to do that in a lot of ways that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And not, not with the freshness I mean, but with just kind of the way the story is told and yeah. And um, the stakes that are, 
And, you know, that's the thing. Like, am I bummed that we're not going to get a Star Wars movie next year? Of course. Like, I've loved having a Star Wars movie every year. Um, But we're going to have Star Wars TV. We're going to have, you know, hopefully another season of The Mandalorian. We're going to have the Cassian series. We're going to have, you know, whatever else is coming down for Star Wars as far as Disney Plus and live action and animation and stuff. So it's not like we're going to be bereft of content. Uh, I just enjoy a nice Star Wars movie in the theater, too. Um, and I I really wish Solo would have done differently, performed differently, because I felt like it could have. I felt like it could have led in this direction of characters... I mean that we were attached to, but whose lives we hadn't seen in a in a young time. Right. Like, there's more story to tell there. Oh, it I just I absolutely agree, and I wish when it, you see Solo, you feel like there's so much more story that can be told here. This isn't bad. Like, I don't know why people did not care to see it in the theater so much. And it, I mean, it's also like that's one of those like alternate universe scenarios that I would love to see. Like. How would have Solo um, performed had it been released in December instead of May? Something tells me it might have done a little better. Would it have, you know, who knows? Would it have still uh, underperformed? There's no no way for me to tell, but I, I definitely feel like it would have done better than it did. And I'd like for them to make a new uh, non-saga movie that doesn't seem to have such juggling like anxiety. You know, I feel like Rogue One had this like these projects seem to have these rocky roads at some point. And I know almost every project does in cinema, but it doesn't seem like The Mandalorian is going through that kind of stuff. No. It seems like The Mandalorian smooth as butter. It, you, it see that's the thing like I'm with you like the Rogue One reshoots, the firing of the solo guys, and then bringing on Ron Howard, um, you know, and then uh, firing the first guy that was going to direct Episode Nine and replacing him with J.J. Abrams. Although I'm stoked that that happened. Like, I'm ready, like you said, for there to be sort of a smooth production <laughs> schedule. Um, hold on one second. So yeah, like clearly it would be nice if it goes more smoothly going forward. And I kind of, I wonder if some of that could be attributed to maybe trying to do too much too quickly. Yeah. Because. I see what you're saying. You know, a lot of times people want to compare Marvel to Star Wars, like Marvel Cinematic universe to star wars and like and i'm guilty of that too just because it's the same company it's it's a franchise same company you know and tent pole franchise i believe is the word right and and the thing is it's in some ways it's unfair to do that comparison because the first iron man movie came out and it wasn't like exactly a year later there was another marvel cinematic universe in the theaters like it right. took Marvel a little while to even get up to one movie a year. I mean, much a decade. Less two you know, years, like... two movies a year, or three movies a year. And 
Lucasfilm went in and were like a movie a year. You know what I mean? Like episode and and like I wonder if like that quickened pace and not like sort of like taking a little more time to sort of figure out the pipeline and the talent and all that. Like I don't know. Like I wonder if that's part of the problem. Stop wheezing the juice. <laughs> yeah, it was like just the accelerated pace. Um and poor Ron Howard. And maybe not. Maybe he doesn't feel the same. I feel so bad. Like, I wish he didn't have to kind of, like, band, not band-aid, but, like, work with what someone else had. You know, I, if, if Ron Howard were going to do I really wish I could have seen what he would have done. From the beginning? From the beginning. Yeah. 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 And honestly, dude, I think... I mean, it's one of those statistics that we're never going to know. I, I, I personally feel because it's not like there's ever going to be like a making of solo book, like the old J.W. Rensler books that really get into the nitty gritty, at least not Even for a while. Pleasant stuff. Yeah. yeah, at least for not for a while. But I kind of feel like most of that movie is Ron Howard when it comes down to it. I do feel like there's a couple of places in the movie where when you're watching it, you can almost sort of see where the seams are. Like the one that always sticks out to me is when Han is talking to Beckett for the first time, that whole, like I'm a driver, I'm a pilot thing. Like just watch like the way the cuts are. I think some of that is from two different versions of the movie, like Mm -hmm. in that within that one scene, there's just something about it. Like even seeing it in the theater, I was like, damn, I think that might be like, I think we might be seeing behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the Mandalorian and how it's going to like sort of, you know, perform and what it's going to give us. And I got to be honest, I have a bit of a fear about the Mandalorian and I feel like I can already see something sort of shitty coming from the whole Mandalorian side of things. Whoa, what is it? I have a feeling that certain online assholes who clearly don't really care about Star Wars, they just want to monetize rage about Star Wars, I think their talking point is going to be The Mandalorian is awesome because it's not the sequel trilogy. And they won't come out and say it, but it's going to be because the main character is a dude And they have this weird, I've seen this already, I've seen the statement from one of these assholes be like, um, I had a good time at Celebration, everything that Kathleen Kennedy isn't directly involved with looks amazing, hashtag the Mandalorian. And like, I don't know where they're getting that Kathleen Kennedy is not involved with the Mandalorian. Because she's the head of Lucasfilm, right? Of course she's involved with it. But right. because they have this fucking rage boner against Kathleen Kennedy, they're trying to... I think that's going to be the thing that they latch on to. And it's going to bum me out. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to bum me out if these assholes latch on to the Mandalorian just as some way to continue to be shitty about Star Wars. But I, I'm telling you, huh. I can see it coming because I remember vividly telling a buddy of mine on the phone, like, 
in the months after The Last Jedi when people were at, at their utmost shittiest. Um, and I'm not talking about everybody. Don't get your ding-dongs and a pretzel twist like I'm saying. We know who I'm talking about. The real yeah. shitheads. When right. the real shitheads were up in a roar, I remember telling someone like, yeah, they're probably going to be doing this until Captain Marvel comes out. And then that's what's going to get their attention. And that's exactly what happened. And now I feel like I can see the beginning of the wave of being shitty about the Mandalorian to like be a shithead. Or not shitty about it, but like latching onto it and being like, this is so much better. Blah, 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 blah. Just to be shitheads. You know I mean, I mean, uh, you know. And that's going to bum me out because I'm very excited for the Mandalorian and I don't want to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just. Well, the people that are listening to that and agreeing with it and taking, you know, taking that as information when it's just hate. Something tells me those are fair weather Star Wars fans anyway. <coughs> Probably. Who needs them is the moral is what I'm saying. So like, we were talking about now that I've I've shared one of my deep dark secret fears about fucking Star Wars. Um, we were talking earlier about like, is this um, you know, will there be an episode ten or something? And um, there was a video put out on. Twitter on the official Star Wars account where it's Kathleen Kennedy talking and she has a quote where she said we don't look at it entirely as an end but it's the culmination of the Star Skywalker story right that was her quote about it right so that makes me wonder when she says it's not entirely the end is she stating the obvious saying yeah there's going to be more Star Wars movies or is she saying like we don't consider it the entire entirely the end as in maybe there will be an episode 10 eventually it's hard to say but something to keep in mind i would love to hear more of ray's story you know after episode nine yeah but i got this feeling they'll bring her back whatever's after episode nine you know the episode 10 like you said in quotation marks yeah she she may be i don't know the jedi master of that you know or on the council or grand jedi master council or she may be dead she may force ghost by then you know yeah depending on when they how far away from episode nine they said it i would i'm with you i want to see the continued adventures of ray because this trilogy just really seems like the beginning of her story like the first act of her journey and i would like to see them continue that on and you know like i feel like it's been over a year now or so like on the star wars show kathleen kennedy said that they were exploring like how to continue the story of like ray finn and poe and things like that after episode nine so it's clearly something they're thinking about now what will that format be? Will it be an episode 10 or will they do star Wars movies that are just a star Wars movie and, and Ray is in it. It's a, a Ray centered centered movie or a thin centered movie. I don't really know. And I read a little ditty where, um, John Boyega said he doesn't think he'll play Finn again. Not that he doesn't want to. He just, right. uh, I guess he, 
he said he doesn't think there'll be the opportunity to basically well yeah well in his quote was something like um um basically he's not sure well he said like, like he just he thinks this is the war that ends it all or the or something like that which you know like who knows is that some sort of like vague hint that Finn doesn't make it out of this movie or is he just being a company Ooh, I man I did not think about that and not like giving because away all the of secret the main sauce. cast survive at the end of Return of the Jedi right you know, except for the villain obviously but your main cast kind of, of heroes right I just assumed the main cast of heroes would make it out of this one but I mean in, in the world we live in honestly I think they will I, I don't foresee a Ray, Finn, or Poe dying in episode nine. Um, but I could be surprised. I don't I don't think that'll happen. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting to see like little hints about that kind of stuff when it does happen to to be brought up or asked. Um, and like I said, it could very well be like her whole Kathleen Kennedy's quote. We don't look at it entirely as an end, but it's the culmination of the Skywalker story. Like that could, like I said, could just be her saying like, yeah, I mean, there's obviously going to be more Star Wars movies and they're just not going to be episodic movies. You know, there'll be trilogies, but it won't be episode 10, 11, 12. It'll be whatever the fuck they end up calling it. Here's a question. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like the episode numbers turn off new viewers where they're like, I don't know, do I want to see the 10th chapter in this story? Like, you see what I'm saying? Does that like make it seem unaccessible to people who aren't? I don't know because it's been so long since I've talked to someone that was a new viewer. Do you know what I mean? It's been a long time since I've had an interaction with somebody where they had never seen know, a Star Wars movie. They had never seen a Star Wars movie or didn't know what happens in a Star Wars movie or I'm always jealous when I hear of someone like, you know, the geek dudes or buddy Chris, um, yeah. who's been on the show a couple times and, uh, Mitch and Jonesy Jonesy's girlfriend, lady J. Um, I think she just watched Empire for the first time. They're watching them and they're up to Empire. And this is the first time she's seen them. Like, I'm always jealous of that. Like, yeah, man. I've never I've never been able to introduce somebody to Star Wars. So I don't really know you know to answer how to answer that question, but do I think the numbers throw them off? Maybe to a certain degree they're like, "Oh, you know, well, episode seven there are six movies of stuff that i need to watch if i really want to know what's going on but then there are people that are like oh, i don't really care like let's see how good number seven is and maybe i'll go back and watch one through six yeah you're probably right like i know for me personally and and obviously this is a, a much bigger con like time commitment than watching all the star wars movies but if there's a video game series that's been going on for a long time and the newest title just comes out like Sometimes it'll keep me away. Like a good example is there's this series of games on the PlayStation called Yakuza, right? They're kind of like, uh, I don't think they're really necessarily like Grand Theft Auto games. They are 
open world. You're it's you know it's obviously set in Japan and it's got like a you know an open world city you can explore. There's story missions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like they get really good reviews. They're like pretty well regarded. Like they've got a pretty hefty fan base and like they're pretty passionate about those games. And I think the sixth one just came out. And like it's a series I would like to get into, but I don't know. Like, do I want to jump in on the sixth game? I don't know that I have time to play through the first five before the sixth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're pretty hefty games. They're open world games. So they take, a, you know, a, a decent commitment of time. And like, so I know for me personally, that sort of thing can affect me. I just wonder, like, from a marketing standpoint for Disney or Lucasfilm, would they see some benefit in releasing sequels to episode nine but not calling it because when you look at look at the marketing for star wars the force awakens it was never star wars episode seven the force never was never was it was like that for the prequel trilogy never was with the last jedi either nope and not last jedi and it was for a little while for um Episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, but that's because we didn't have a title. I imagine by the time, you know, November, December, when we're seeing TV spots, I don't know that we're going to really hear any mention of episode nine. So to me, that kind of makes me wonder if like from a PR standpoint, they feel that way. Like, is it like detrimental to like, say, episode seven? I don't really know. Um, But it's something to think about, I guess. And, uh, dude, again, I hate to come to Marvel as a comparison. Um, they seem to stuck with that through the the main heroes, like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. But Thor, that didn't happen with Thor. You know, Thor nope. got the Dark World and then Ragnarok. Same thing with uh, Captain America. It wasn't Captain America 2. It was Winter Soldier and Civil War. Uh, right. Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um uh Guardians nope. got volume 2. It did. You know, it did so get it kind of it got a number, but that's in the vein of soundtracks. You know, which is kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy stick, right? It definitely fits a theme. But once again, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man right. Far From Home, like it's right. not Spider-Man 2. So, yeah, that's interesting. what's going to be weird to me is like, and obviously, you know, we'll always have the internet to reference this sort of thing, but like, like, let's say you're a kid, right? And you go into the, like, which I know doesn't exist anymore, but let's use this analogy. You go into the video store, you go to Blockbuster and you're like, I want to start watching Marvel movies. How do you know what order to watch Captain America's in or the Thor movies in, you know, to me, that's kind of interesting. I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm throwing that around in my head and I see what you're saying. And like, um, same thing with the Avengers. Like, how do you know? Well, obviously the first one is just called the Avengers, but then how do you know that Avengers age of Ultron is next or infinity war Endgame? Endgame seems pretty logical, explanatory, but, I'm guaranteeing you, like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be another Avengers movie after Endgame sometime within this next, 
you know, batch of Marvel movies, they will assemble whatever group of heroes are still under contract and they'll have some big fucking threat they have to face. Okay, so Avengers. Uh, I, I get, I, only briefly. I'm not trying to pull us away from Star Wars. Well, it's fine. We've done the Civil War. Um, okay, we've done the Civil War. We've done the Infinity War. Do you think there's another comic book line that they'll top for um, tap for the next kind of Avengers phase. Absolutely. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what it is because I know... The only other one I know of is Secret War. Yeah, but there's way more. I mean... Are there? Yeah, there's way more big events. Crisis on do. Infinite Worlds was DC, right? Right. Okay. But, you know, they've got Secret War, like you said. There's fucking... Avengers versus X-Men was a big thing. More recently, not super recently, but like, you know, maybe that's the thing that comes into play once X-Men get, in, uh, <clears throat> you know, like involved in the MCU. Like, there's plenty from them for them to pull from. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the next. I'm worried about how they tie the X-Men into the MCU because, you know, X-Men is so political, I mean, within its own world. Right. You know, like, the mutants and the anti-mutant sentiment and kind of like the whole, you know, X-Men has this kind of, part of the X-Men future is like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing, you know. So it, I sometimes it's confusing about how they're going to tie that into the cinematic universe <laughs> when you haven't really, I mean, in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, you haven't run across any anti mutant sentiment in well, the public you know you've done the anti-hero the sokovia accords but right and and you know you have um scarlet witch and quicksilver right that's his name mm -hmm. uh, is. in the movie and they're mutants in mm -hmm. you know the regular marvel universe in the mcu they're never referred to as mutants because they couldn't like mutant, the term mutant within the Marvel universe was like under Fox's control. Now that they have that, like it is going to be interesting how they integrate them into such an established universe. Um, I mean, I have faith that they'll find some way to do it, but like, you know, it, it will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they pull it off and sort of like, will mutants be like something that is a new development in the Marvel universe? Or are they going to go back and like retroactively establish that the X-Men were around, but then you'd be like, mm -hmm. well, why the hell did they not help out during infinity war? And stuff? Right. If they're so damn powerful and helpful, where the hell have they been this whole time? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, in like it's a comic book movie. They could always do some sort of like another dimension or even just, you know, reality shifting. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, right, okay. And now, moving back to Star Wars, I wonder if... Okay, so Star Wars is always, you know, character and hero-driven, right? Right. Usually as an ensemble, and you progress... You know, each... The ensemble of heroes progresses in each movie, kind of together or separately. Now, I'm curious if Star Wars is going to take a note again from, from the Marvel MCU and start focusing movies on individuals, you know, like 
we've got this Jedi-ish hero. And then, you know, somewhere like maybe we kind of meet a scoundrel. Then the next movie is that scoundrel. And then where it builds towards they come together as a team. Not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to borrow the Avengers too heavy, but it is neat how you kind of meet each hero's backstory and it culminates to this big world-shattering event where they're all needed or relevant or dying. You know, it puts a lot of, I guess, emotional weight into the storyline. And seeing that in Star Wars might be kind of neat. Like, you know, seeing the team assemble, even if it's all Jedi. Like, it would be cool if there was like an an all Jedi, several different Jedi heroes who get their own movies and then end up coming together, you know, for a huge bat or whatever. I, I, Steele talks about this a good bit. Like when he first, and, and, and I felt like this was sort of a common sort of, I don't know if it was an expectation or like a hope, but like it seemed like at a certain point, uh, you know, I kind of remember people wondering if that's what the Star Wars spinoff movies were going to do was like eventually lead into some culminating story. <clears throat> and honestly, that might have been what they were going to do with the whole solo thing, because like, you know, we obviously we don't know much about it, but they were working on a Boba Fett movie and, mm-hmm. you know, like if that was Boba Fett in between episode three and four, like would they have brought Alden Ehrenreich in to play Han Solo against Boba Fett in that movie or have some sort of run in with him? Like Mm -hmm. would they have given Donald Glover as Lando his own movie? Would, you know, would we have seen like this own sort of self-contained solo prequel series that sort of culminated in some big job? Like maybe, you know, we get Solo, and then we get a Boba Fett movie, and then we get a Lando movie, and then it all culminates in a movie where Lando, right. Boba Fett, Han Solo have to go in, on a job together, and something happens that causes uh, the whole rivalry between Boba Fett and Solo. Sounds a little corny. They probably wouldn't have gone that way, but I see what you're saying, like... Um, yeah, it makes was me the it does it makes it's interesting to think about. I wonder. I mean, it's not necessary. I just wonder if they're going to head that way because you don't have to do that. You know, you can progress each story, but there are multiple cutaways, right? You're cutting basically in the Star Wars movie. You you have to cut away like to tell each person's storyline basically, right? And then eventually they sort of link up in some fashion. Um, You know, like, I mean, it is sort of different depending on the Star Wars movie. But you're right. Like, a lot of times it'll be like, well, these groups split. Like, in, you know, in The Force Awakens, it it is sort of like, um, you know, Rey and... Ray meets Finn, Finn and Ray meet each other. And then, you know, like that story condenses to the two of them together. And then Ray gets taken by Kylo. And so that splits that story off in that direction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then you got to see what Poe's up to while that's going on. Right. 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 So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, 
I think going was, forward, we'll see the format and sort of the, you know, we're already seeing it. Like we're seeing yeah. the conventions of Star Wars being toyed around with a little bit. Like the big one Steve always brings up to me is like, you told me there's no such thing as flash for, or flashbacks in Star Wars. And bef- there wasn't. There wasn't. At the time when I told him that, that was not a convention that Star Wars, you know, used was flashbacks and then you get the force back in the force awakens which like it's a fancy force fueled flashback it's a fucking flashback it's a flashback and then in the last jedi it's just straight up flashbacks they don't even like fuck with the force on it it's literally flashbacks so you will see you know changes to star wars happen in that way and i think you have to do that i think you got to do that to keep it fresh you don't want the same story told over and over again in the same way so i think changing it up is important and i think we will see that i think when we look back let's say 10 years from now the ryan johnson trilogy the benny and benioff and weiss trilogies are done and we're looking back on star wars like i think you will be able to see like new things added into star Wars, like bit by bit. Um, the real question will be, is like, who's going to be the one that's like the radically different star Wars. And what does a radically different star Wars look like? Who's going to dip their toe in that pool? Yeah. And, and I feel like the last Jedi was that in a lot of regards. And I feel like that's been some of the pushback from people where it just didn't feel like, their normal star wars to them and it you know i think that caused some some of the discomfort with it <clears throat> but it's funny because that was a lot of people's complaint about the prequel trilogy is it didn't feel like star wars but right george lucas is not one to just like do what you think he's gonna do and sometimes he's gonna do what he wants to do <laughs> sometimes maybe even it's a little spitefully so yeah where he's like oh you think that's what i'm gonna do Nah, I got you. Catch here. Um, do you, okay. The Darth Maul reveal at the end of Solo that was just at the very end of the movie. It wasn't a post credit scene, right? No, we haven't seen really a Star Wars post credit scene. It that was. was gonna be my, do you think there will be a Star Wars post credit scene? I don't know. Let's be completely honest, though. That was a post credit scene that was in the actual. Like that is. Post, that's what it was yes like all it was just not after the credits like that is right. post credit scene type business like that is to me the closest they've come to doing like one of those marvel post credit scenes like but instead of putting it you know halfway through the credits they're like well we'll just leave it in with the movie but i don't know i don't know that we'll ever see that um i know it's a big deal in the marvel movies um and you know other people have you know adopted that but i don't know and even in even in other movies beyond the marvel movies oh for sure you know like uh i'm blanking on examples but i know it has been cuz you know me and my dad used to have to wait you know to see if there was oh. something at the end of the credits in lots of movies marvel was by no means like the genesis of the post credit scenes. It's it's been done well. I mean, fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. With him coming out and talking, breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience. Like, 
Dogma. Dogma has a, a post-credit scene with Alanis Morissette. Like, so Mar- Marvel wasn't the first to do it. They just popularized it, I feel like. And made they it. They used it to progress story, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. They used it to tease upcoming storylines or movies. Yeah, that's why I'm going to be excited to see the post-credit scene of either Endgame or Spider-Man that comes out. I don't out think this... there is one on Endgame. I'll be damned. Everything well, I've been reading says there's not one on the end of Endgame. Well, then then I'll be excited to see the one that's on Spider-Man. Yeah, me Because too. I feel like that'll be our first glimpse at where they're heading next. You know, like... Is it Kevin Feige or mm-hmm. Kevin Feige? I think it's Feige. 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 I believe I read something that he said he considers um, Spider-Man Far From Home as the end of Phase 4, yes. not Endgame. Right. Right. And I think... And which which to me got my mind where I was like, interesting. I wonder what goes on in there that's the end, you know, that that, that ends it. Yeah. Or, or sets up, you know, the next <clears throat> thing. Because eventually we're going to have to get some sort of idea where they're headed next. And, you know, they've got a big... I think Marvel's going to have a big Comic-Con this year. I I mean, you assume some of these characters, you know, just got introduced and they're not done. Like, No. Obviously Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, like they all... For sure. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange are getting other movies. And then, like... I think it's pretty much confirmed they're doing the Eternals. That's going to be one of their um, new franchises that they're starting up. They're Interesting. Doing, I don't know any of the Eternals. I am not super familiar with it myself. Is Adam Warlock um, one of them? I don't know. I Like I said, I do not know much. Okay. Um, you know, that Guardians. just scares me because the Inhumans did so badly and was so poorly done. Yeah. I don't think they're related, but I couldn't, once again, I couldn't tell you. And then now they got the fantastic four. They got the X-Men. I think they're, they've got plenty to go forward with. Um, speaking of which, there was something that you just brought up that I, that was sort of pertained to star Wars. You mentioned it and I know I had it saved. I just need to look real quick. Well, I guess I didn't have it saved. All right. All righty. Well, I guess I'm wrong then. What, oh, what was it that I said? We were, t- we were talking about Marvel having a big Comic-Con. Um, oh, yeah. Jason had a story this week, and this is not, don't worry, this is not spoiler stuff. Jason's been apparently dropping some heat as far as the spoilers go. This is more like, promotional plans for star Wars this year. And he heard from a source that episode nine is going to be at San Diego comic-con and the Mandalorian is going to be at D 23 because you know, those two conventions are fairly close to each other. Like, yeah, I think before they were separated by a week or two, I think it's more like a month this time where San Diego comic-cons in July and then D 23 is in August. So, and, and the question is always, you know, normally like, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to do Comic-Con and D23? Are they not going to do Comic-Con because it's a D23 year? Um, 
So I think that's probably your next big look at episode nine would be Comic-Con. If that story pans out. And then I think there, that's probably where we get a behind the scenes thing. Because so far they're following their promotion pretty much to the schedule of like The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. The big difference is the Black Friday teaser for The Force Awakens, but that's a special circumstance. Like they release a trailer at uh, Celebration, uh, behind the scenes thing at Comic-Con, final trailer like end of September, sometime in October maybe even Monday night football again. So it looks like that's the direction we're headed with episode nine. <clears throat> so I can tell you one star Wars piece of news. If you're ready to move on to something else. Yeah. Star Wars piece of nudes right on nudes, star Wars nudes. Um, the, I guess it's a book about, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn? Yes. Uh, Master and Apprentice. Master I have, and Apprentice. I have the audible version on my phone. I have yet to start listening to it because I've been trying to catch up on everybody's celebration podcast this week. I um, don't often have, you know, a lot of time or the opportunity to read Star Wars uh, like novels and stuff. But I may actually get this one because of how fond I am of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi and that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because from what I can tell, it um, it says it's going to be the full story of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. It's not just like an excerpt. Like, it's going to tell, I assume, from Obi-Wan's beginning up until episode one. Uh, I don't know if it's that long. I don't, like I said, I haven't even started. I would be surprised if it's a full history that in that regard. Um, I will say this, the author, Claudia Gray, did Lost Stars and um, Bloodline, which are both really good Star Wars books that I've enjoyed. Mm. So that has me excited too. And uh, you should you should either pick it up or pick it up on Audible and listen to it. The audio versions are real good. Um, they're real fun to listen to. That I mean, I, I do that because I can... I have more time to listen to something while I'm doing something else than to sit and like focus on reading one of them. Um, but it would be neat if we could have like a Star Wars book club discussion or something. If you if you do check it out, hell yeah! And then that that Dooku audio drama thing. I think that came out today. Remember we talked about that Lost. Oh yeah, Jedi. I think it was what it was called or something. Lost Jedi. Lost Jedi, I think. It's the one with Asajj Ventress in it and stuff and Dooku. And I want to check that out too. I have it pre-ordered on Audible. I just need to sit down and actually... Okay. I I wondered if that was going to be in the Masters and Apprentice thing, like as like a just a separate set of stories. But I guess, it, like you said, it's an audio drama. No, no, it's a completely separate product. Like on Audible, they're two separate things. Okay. Um. I still have. They did a uh, another book, the um, Queen Shadow, which is like the um, the Padme book, in between um, episode one and two that I need to check out. I still haven't listened to it, but I've got it. I really need to catch up on my Star Wars books. <clears throat> you know something else we need to catch up on? 
emails emails and voice messages so why don't we uh hop on over and start that process because there's a lot of them do it you guys rule here we go here's a little song just looked while we were listening to that song and the dooku jedi lost thing doesn't come out till the 30th so still a few days away all right so first up we've got a message from our buddy the king he's back let's hear what he has to say king of all toms king tom hey there haas and will i feel like i'm still getting caught up on podcasts and other stuff and this big post celebration rush One big thing that came out after Celebration, I think Good Morning America did an interview with J.J., and he said that before he and Chris Terrio sat down to write The Rise of Skywalker, they brought in Ryan Johnson, Larry Kasdan, and George Lucas to talk about the movie. And I think that's a great move. And I think it's pretty amazing that they were able to get all of the people who had written or at least the primary writers, not counting, you know, Lee Brackett or uh, Carrie Fisher or the guy who helped George polish up our episode three. But you're talking about the primary writers of these eight movies um, to, to come together to really make oh. sure or to contribute some way to make sure the last one really wraps up everything. And, and I'm, I'm a fan of that movie. And I think we're, you know, we're lucky to still have them around. But I wanted to ask you guys, what do you make of George's involvement in all of this? Um, we know that he had either outlined or written a treatment for either just episode seven or the whole trilogy. And while they didn't use everything of his, they did use the, you know, some concepts and ideas. And he has also said, I think in an interview about a year ago, he said that if he were to go beyond episode nine we would see a lot of the weirder stuff. Like, I guess the Force would be like the quantum realm in Ant-Man. And I like stuff like that, and I think if George has an editor or if he's working with someone, some of that stuff could be really good. So I wanted to ask, what do you think he contributed to Nine? And not just that, but when it's that one week in December when all this news is coming out about the rise of Skywalker in his premiere week. What do you think George's attitude will be 
will he be proud to be part of this movie? Or will he be, uh, you know, J.J. and Terry or white slavers? I think it's going to be one of the, one of the uh, two. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the awesome podcast. And I'll talk with both of you later. Yeah. The George Lucas sequel trilogy stuff is very interesting because I saw another interview with J.J. Honestly, I want to say it was um, with MTV. Like, I think they have a, a reporter named Josh Horowitz that works for them. And J.J. made it seem like George was not like hugely, but fairly involved with the sequel trilogy. And then you get a, uh, a another comment from Kathleen Kennedy in regards to the Emperor being in episode 9 where she says that was like a plan for the sequel trilogy for a long time. And then you get sort of conflicting reports that where it makes it sound like J.J. wrote episode 7. While episode 7 is in production, Ryan is working on 8 and playing off of the story with J.J., going back and forth but it sounds like you know they sort of passed the baton on to JJ or from JJ to Ryan Ryan did his thing and then old Colin Trevorrow was going to pick up the flag and take it from there like which makes it sound like it's not super planned out in advance Um, which I think they will be from now on yeah honestly I think that might be part of the reason for the hiatus allows you to to not just if these are going to be series of movies, not just plan out the first one, but at least roughly plan out, um, you know, the arc. And it sounds like maybe that is what went on with this. Like there was at least a general arc of we're bringing that emperor back eventually. And she says like, that was always the plan. They just didn't know how they were going to go about it or get there. So I don't know, man. And then like he was saying with the George Lucas stuff, like, we know the idea of Luke being on exile somewhere, cut off from the Force, was George Lucas's idea. We know the idea of having the story focus on uh, a heroine who becomes a Jedi was Lucas's idea. But, you know, past that, what else was there, you know? Um, and, and, and then, you know, on the other hand, you have Luke, George Lucas saying, like, they didn't use my ideas. Now, when George Lucas says that, does he mean they didn't use any of them? Clearly not. They use, at least use some sort of like basic concepts. Or is that him being like, well, they didn't use everything I said, so it's not my idea. I don't know. Yeah, I I would be interested to know on what's George. Yeah. You know, what George has had planned or what he thinks would be right or... I would be interested. And that's, I'm going to be honest, that's one of the things that, like, I think we would have gotten out of the J.W. Rensler Episode 7 uh, making of book had it ever come out, and that fascinates me. I hope that story does come out eventually. Like, the whole George Lucas thing, Michael Arndt, like, you know, I think publicly they said, because, you know, originally... Like when it was announced that Disney bought Lucasfilm and there was going to be a Star Wars Episode 7, they announced Michael Arndt as being the writer for it. And the eventual movie that came out was written by J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan. And 
sort of publicly in the making of the Force Awakens thing, Kathleen Kennedy says, like, you know, it normally takes him two to three years to write a movie. We were hoping he could do this quicker, but it didn't really pan out. So that's when they got J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan to come on. Like, there's there's some stuff in that story. You know what I mean? Like, there's some, some yeah. details. And uh, I would be fascinated to know. But, you know, maybe... Maybe they don't release that kind of stuff or don't want people knowing about that kind of stuff because they don't want the comparisons to what we actually got. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they don't want people to be like, well, that's way better than what we got because that would be... That would have been awesome. That would have been an inevitability. You know what I mean? That would have absolutely happened or will absolutely happen if we ever do find out. But I hope I hope George is, like, stoked. Like... I hope he's at the red carpet premiere from nine and I hope he he's having the best time. Has he been at the red carpet premiere for the rest of them? He was definitely there for the force awakens because my favorite George Lucas moment ever happened. And it's when, um, they're they in asked him what his favorite character was. No, that was like in some sort of Disney and that was at a D 23. Okay. Um, no, they're interviewing him and Kathleen Kennedy's husband comes up, and I can't remember. Maybe it's Gary Marshall? No. He's a big producer. He's also a big producer. In fact, he is like the producer behind. At the time, the big question was, would The Force, and you might not remember this, but would The Force Awakens beat out uh, Jurassic World? Because that had just come out and done really well. Yeah, And he was the producer behind that. And he comes up and jokingly says to George Lucas, like, you're not going to beat Jurassic World. You're not going to beat it. And George Lucas looks at him and he goes, we're going to crush you like a bug. Oh, it is my favorite George Lucas moment. Like, Music to my ears. I'm like, fuck yeah, George. I hope that's what we get. Like, I hope it would be awesome if like, it happened all over again. George is on the red carpet. Here comes Kevin Feige. And he's like, oh, George, I'm super excited to see episode nine. Like, we all know it's not going to be an end game. And I hope George just gets the flare up. I hope he gets uh, it. And what? Oh, what? We're going to crush you like a bug. I hope that's like a, a regular, like his, that's his go-to thing. His sick burn. <clears throat> all right. We've got a voicemail from our buddy Jacoby. And he says, um, answering Will and Jesse's butcher questions along with my crazy episode nine, she Palpatine theory. That is likely wrong. I have a feeling we're all going to be likely wrong. Hello there, Haas and Will. Jacoby here again. So to answer last week's questions, uh, Will, the hanger steak. So it's kind of a funny piece of meat where there's only probably about two pounds of it on each animal. It's a seam that's kind of in between like where the, I guess like where on a human, like where the rib cage ends, like near your stomach. So that hanger, hanger steak goes from that section, like your solar plexus area, about down to like where the belly button would be. Um, and the reason why it's it's kind of so tough is because it's a piece of meat that acts kind of like the diaphragm where it holds all the animals insides kind of together in that one 
specific area of the animal. So it's better to be marinated over a long time or even braised. It's got really good flavor, but it does tend to be pretty tough if you don't prepare it properly. And uh, Jesse, no, I myself have never uh, blown up an animal's bladder like a balloon. But you're right. If you're going to do something like that and you're going to wrap your lips around it, you boil the piss out of it. Boil the piss out of it. Okay. So my uh-huh. Star Wars question for I you see guys, what he did there. Kind of I a weird out there theory that's probably wrong is everything to do with Palpatine. Now, in some of the comics, uh, spoilers for one of the Vader comics, um, that mask of Momin. I believe is that old Sith master's name that kind of haunts and possesses that mask that Vader finds. What if Palpatine is haunting Vader's lightsaber if it's still at the bottom of Death Star 2? I know in one of the Aftermath novels, they speculate that they may have found Vader's lightsaber, those, what are they called, the Acolytes of the Beyond? But it's not explicitly said whether it's Vader's lightsaber or not. You know, they say, well, it's red, wasn't it? Or something to that effect. So what if Vader's lightsaber is still on Death Star 2, and that's what both Kylo Ren and Rey and the gang are going after, because Vader's lightsaber is kind of the polar opposite of Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. They're the same shape and more or less the same build. So they're kind of partner, or I would imagine, or speculate, like brother lightsabers. If kyber crystals are, in fact, sentient sentient and force-sensitive, maybe Palpatine, I don't know, is, is haunting the presence of that kyber crystal. And if they touch and hold that lightsaber, they might be able to haunt or, I don't know, manipulate the, the user. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of spitballing because I don't personally. I don't think that Palpatine is going to come back in the flesh, but he. I, I'm wanting like kind of like this fantasy, you know, because Star Wars has always been more hardcore fantasy rather than science fiction. So I think an actual haunting would would be right up the alley for, you know, how out there and fantastical Star Wars can be. I hope that made sense because it, it makes sense in my head, but trying to put it into words is tough. Anyway, uh, I'd like to love to hear what you guys think about it. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys next week. Halls and Will, keep on keeping on. Blue Harvest friends and family, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. This is Jacoby, punching out. I don't think it's necessarily outside of the realm of possibility that we get some sort of Palpatine haunting you know I don't know that it'll necessarily be tied to an item yeah that's that was the only thing I was saying. I don't know that it'd be tied to an item but I can almost guarantee it's some sort of haunting yeah um and like I said I'm always hesitant to to pull in like the books or the comics or something when it comes to the live action movies Right. Um, just because, yeah, it's all canon, but it's not like we get a ton of references to those things in the movies. And like, would J.J. Abrams or Chris Terrio necessarily even bother to be up to date on that information? Like, I'm sure if they did something that like 
greatly contradicted like the story group would be like hey, i don't know maybe you need to go in this direction instead because this contradicts this or something you know but i i just don't see them really reading up and doing their homework like on every piece of star wars canon but then you get weird things in the aftermath books like that seem to be pointing at palpatine being up to something you know um experiments and reaching out to the beyond and feeling like i think i think even go ahead i was i was gonna say even him in the world between worlds you know yeah you know he messes with that and then i know these are those aren't um uh saga films so you know i don't i'm like you said, I don't know how much they would bring in, but also in Battlefront, you know, he's he's got some crazy force vaults with some relics, or you know, he's yeah. got something going on in there. Yeah, and, and then clearly there's the whole... he's got the robots with his personality downloaded into him. Or I don't know if there it's his personality as much as it's like a, a recording. Yeah, a recording. Um, but like, so there's the aftermath books, like you said, the project cinder i think that's what it's called it's like the where they're trying to like fuck with the weather on the planets to destroy planets it's like one of his contingent contingency plans now do i think once again do i think jj abrams and chris terrio know about all that and they're gonna reference that stuff in the movies not necessarily but if palpatine really was the end goal at some point in this sequel trilogy if that's a true statement that they were always thinking that that's eventually where they were going to head, then I could see a situation where they tell, say, Chuck Wendig, like, put some, make sure to put some Palpatine stuff in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sowing the seeds in there a little bit. I think that's more likely than J.J. Abrams or some, you know, like one of the filmmakers going back and referencing the books and stuff. And if that's the case, that will end up being pretty neat. I'll be honest, that'll end up being pretty neat if in advance they told authors and stuff like, you should do some more stuff. We're like looking for some more stuff with Palpatine or, you know, like gently guiding them or something like that could be pretty interesting. It could be. <clears throat> All right. We got one more voicemail and then we're on emails. This is from Jim. You guys have got to be excited. Um, so this is the very reasonable stuff I was thinking since the trailer. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the living Palpatine because he's been hanging out in a crashed Death Star. I mean, that doesn't... I think you'll see a hologram of him uh, and maybe his last order. Uh, that will spark up good stuff for 10, 11, and 12 or maybe a in-between movie. I really don't know how I feel about uh, Ray being a Skywalker now. It's definitely what I want, and it seems like it was JJ's idea from the beginning. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. Uh, I want everybody to live, <laughs> even Kylo, so that they can come back in 20 years and make it that much more badass. But uh, I think we're all going to see Ray's real parents because of that same spaceship, and that's got to be the town she was born in is what I'm thinking, and uh, I'm going to give you some questions, and I'd like to hear you guys give me a percentage of likelihood. So 100% is it's going to happen, and zero is no chance. And I'll give you a second to answer each time, 
so you guys can shout it out, please. Okay. Lando's daughter shows up. Lando's daughter shows up. I'm going to give that a... 50%. Yeah, I was going to go like 40%. Because, you know, they sort of seemed like... They addressed it sort of on the panel. They didn't say yes or no. Um, I think there's at least a possibility that the character of Janna is Lando's daughter. It's at least possible. Um, so I give that, you know, like Will said, in my opinion, 40 to 50%. Let's see what the next one is. All right. Finn is a Calrissian. Zero percent. Zero, yeah. Lando dies. Oh, is no chance. And I'll give you a second to answer each time. So Lando Uh, dies. I say that's. I think that's a fairly low percent. I'm I'm fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. Maybe about that for me too. I think it's fairly low. Like I don't think. Like Han Solo's death in The Force Awakens makes sense to me. Luke's death in Return of the Jedi makes sense to me. Granted, this is after the fact, after we've already seen those movies. But, like, I just don't understand, like, why you would need to bring Lando back just to kill him off. You know? Yeah, because, like, Han's death makes sense in Kylo's. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you want to bring back Lando just to kill him, I mean, I guess that adds emotional weight to his daughter, if that is his daughter. But it, then it would seem like you just brought him back to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's fairly low. Okay. I have one for you Lando, at the end of this when we get done. Okay. Lando's daughter shows up. We answered that one. All right. Finn is a Calrissian. We answered that one. Lando dies. Chewie dies. Ooh. 35%. This, oh, it's going high. I'd say zero. But it ties into my my little thing at the end. We'll keep going. The reason I say... To me, once again, it's dumb to kill off Chewie. And why it I think is. it's I, the the reason I think it's dumb to kill off Chewie is because Chewie's a guy in a suit. Jonas Sutamo is a young guy. He could play Chewie for a very long time. Like I don't right. see why you would want to have to like Chewie is a character. We don't know how long Wookiees live. Like if there's a Star Wars movie set a hundred years after Episode Nine, who's to say we couldn't have Chewie then? You know, so he's like, already what. How old is he now? Like 200? Or yeah, 100 and... He's 200 and something. I don't know the exact age. Um, but to me, it's like, why would you destroy the Millennium Falcon? Once again, that's... Oh, that was it. Oh, that really? That was my thing. What it, likelihood that the Falcon makes it out of this movie? 80% that the Falcon makes it out. I say 25. Mm. You think that there's a 75% chance the Falcon gets destroyed? I do. I really do, Hawes. Oh, my God. Talk about the way to start fresh. Oh, I just, you, think the, you think the Falcon rides off into the sunset never to be seen again? No, I think it will be seen again. 
in sometime after episode nine. Once again, I just don't see why. Well, I mean, how, then how often do you bring it back? Is this Falcon got to be in every Star Wars movie? I mean, if it's if it's a continuation story of these characters, then yeah, someone I I, I definitely see someone inheriting the Falcon. You know, by episode nine, like maybe if you know, like maybe Chewie and Lando ride off on that thing. Um, it's just one of those things. Like why, like why would you get rid of R two D two? Because R two D two once again is a droid. It could appear five hundred years after Star Wars. You know, I mean, I get that. It's a character, and I mean, and the Falcon is almost. It's a character within itself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just think. How long do you lean on it? When do you get rid of it? Like, That's, when do you bring the new Falcon? When, like, if everything's about, you know, the next generation of characters. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm excited about in sort of the future of Star Wars is, like, we're getting the Razor Crest and the Mandalorian. I mm-hmm. hope there's some personality and character to that ship where it becomes, like, you know, like I, I'm excited to see some new hero ships. We didn't really get them in the prequels. I guess you could say uh, Amidala's ship in the Phantom Menace, but like that ship didn't carry through the rest of the prequels. She had different nope. ships after that. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not like Anakin like had hit, he had two different. Well, did he even have a? No, he didn't have a Jedi starfighter in two. Only in three. So like. I'm excited to see some more hero ships. Like I felt like that's one of the things that rebels did really well is introduce a new cool hero ship and the ghost. So like, um, I see what you're saying as far as lean on it. But once again, like how badass would it be for if there is movies set after episode nine for the fucking Falcon to show up at some point? I just think the Falcon is always a guaranteed, like, cheer moment when it shows up after being yeah. being gone for a little while but we'll see we'll see it'll be interesting to go back and listen to this once the movie comes out oh yeah ray is a skywalker five percent yeah maybe even less i was giving it like a point percentage chance at, before the title after the title like in all fairness, I had to raise it a little bit. I still don't think she is, though. I'm not because, and the only reason that it throws me off is because of what Mark Hamill said about how he didn't think that Luke died a virgin. But yeah, uh, but man, but that doesn't mean he he had a kid. You know, man, I Just love Mark Hamill. Obviously, the Luke got it on, but I love you know I love Mark Hamill and I love Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill's been a little crank cantankerous lately. We've talked about this off air. Like he's been a little cranky lately. I don't know how much weight right now we need to give things that Mark Hamill says for yeah. the future of Star Wars. Yeah, agreed. That low, huh? Okay, Ray is a solo. Uh, once again, four or five percent. I just don't personally look. Once again, I could be wrong, you know, and, and I'm not. Much like, remember in the lead up to The Last Jedi, I was like, I think Rey might be a Skywalker. I'm not, like, I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket and all my hope in that basket because I don't want 
to get there and she's not and like that be what the entire my enjoyment of the entire movie hinges on so once again i'm leaving the door open i'm not totally shutting out the idea i won't like i mean there's ways they could go about it that i would think is dumb or that would piss me off but do you i read this somewhere do you think it's a possibility that jj abrams will retcon the fact that ray's parents were nobodies not necessarily that one so, of them is Luke Skywalker, but the fact that, you know, that, you know, retcon the fact that they they were nobodies in a pauper's grave or whatever. I don't know. So this is the thing. He said something like after Star Wars Celebration where he was like, we're honoring what was in eight. This is not this is paraphrasing, but you'll get more information. So. To me, the word, the fact that he used the word honoring, to me, means he's sticking with at least the general idea that she is not related to anybody. But we'll get more information about the origin of Ray, which me, leads me to believe that there is some sort of wrinkle involved. You know, I don't think that wrinkle is going to be. Uh, you know, relationship to a major character. I agree. And I, I still don't fully understand the scene with her in the force cave. Uh, yeah. Where it was nothing but her, you know, like that's, she wanted to see her parents and then it was just her. And then she said, I'd never felt so alone. Like I, I understood Luke's force cave experience you know, at the end of the trilogy. Right. I'm hoping I do at the end of this trilogy because I I still don't really understand that. Anthony Bresnikan had an interesting article where he put out, and like Jim mentioned it in his voicemail, where he was like, he thinks that's the same ship. Have you seen this? There's like, there's comparisons going around that sort of, you see that ship going into the giant city on the episode nine trailer. Mm-hmm. And some people think that's the same ship you see in episode seven, leaving Ray on Jakku. And I can see why they make the comparison. When you put them side by side, I do see some similarities. Personally, I kind of think it's an A-wing we're seeing in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, because shortly thereafter in the trailer, we see an A-wing sort of like on fire crashing. Now that could be some fucking J.J. Abrams misdirection going on. But there, you know, like, there's like this underbelly piece on the ship from Episode 7 that I'm really not seeing in the freeze frame from the 9 trailer. And that could be because of the angle or something. I just not 100% sold on that being the same ship. And in the same article, he talks about the whole Joseph Campbell... Um, idea of the hero with a thousand faces or whatever and compares that to that mirror scene in The Last Jedi and his sort of theory is that maybe we found out that Rey what, like maybe they were trying to clone Palpatine or maybe they were trying to maybe she was like sort of genetically engineered and they something went wrong or they didn't like the outcome so 
they dumped her on Jakku. Well, you would think if they didn't like the outcome, they would just kill her. Like, Yeah, it could be. Maybe like she was smuggled out by some drunkards who were like, oh, right. we'll, we'll get her out of here. I don't know. Like, I, it, Well, you know? and the thing is like you see that flashback of her being left, you know, clearly emotionally traumatic. Mm-hmm. But she's old enough to have been taught by someone. You know, she knows how to talk, and she, you know, oh, like, no, and she's I, she's I would, been raised. I feel like she she's old enough to remember her parents. At that, it, we're not talking so and she's young all, that she's, she's waiting for someone that's not going to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And but there's but someone s- that could. This is what Ma, Ma says. She says the people you're waiting for, they're never going to come back. But there's someone that is. So who is she waiting for? Her parents. Her parents are never going to come back, but Luke could come back. So to me, that's Ma's saying to the audience, like, she's not Luke's kid. Like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And also to what Kylo Ren <coughs> says about them being, you know, buried in a pauper's grave and she was sold for drink money. That doesn't jive with being left on Jakku. Like... And why why would scrappers who have the ability to leave the planet come back to die there? Yeah. That, I mean that's a good question. Why are why is that ship leaving? You know, maybe they're, you know, it, it could be as simple as they're going to a different part of Jakku to drink and die. Maybe they fly off drink it up, party it up, and end up back on Jakku dead. You know what I mean? Like, there's ways around that, but I do see what you're saying. You know, like, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. So, I don't know. You know what? Regardless of how it turns out, I'm just, I'll be stoked when it's done. Like, I'll be stoked when... I think the fact that she comes from humble beginnings lends, you know, lends credibility to the fact that Jedi don't have to come from a specific lineage. I do too. I I love the concept of what the sequel trilogy brought us is you don't have to come from some esteemed Jedi bloodline to be the chosen one, to be the one that in this generation of, of characters brings, you know, peace to the universe or defeats the, the big evil or whatever. Like, um, so, that's one of my favorite parts of the sequel trilogy. So admittedly, if they like, and once again, leading into the last Jedi, like was not like, you can go back and listen to our force awakens reactions. Like I was like, I'm pretty sure she's Luke's daughter. Um, so yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. I mean, but like, I mean, I, the trailer just signaled that so hard. Mm-hmm. And I like, but, I like the fact that as of right now, it appears that she's not. So, and I really don't want them to go back on that. Like, once again, I don't think it's just because she's not blood related to Luke. If she takes the name Skywalker, like, I think that's just as cool. Like, I think that's actually really cool. You know, like if... I don't know. I just think it sends out like a good message or something. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't think, she, I mean, 
it's fun. It would be cool if she took the name Skywalker. I think she was closer to Han Solo. I think she's more. I think it to me it would make more sense for her to take the last name Solo, especially with her interaction with Leia. Or yeah, you know well, because to me Leia is a Skywalker though, right? And we also have to wonder. I don't think they left on a positive note. Is they, what I'm saying. They didn't, which is which is also a good point, but. We're going to have some sort of time jump between episode eight and nine, right? And we have to assume that if Jedi Luke is communicating, like Ghost Luke is communicating to Rey, if that's who's talking to Rey in the episode nine trailer, or if Rey is who he's talking to, like that sounds like they're on a much better note. We've taught you everything, or, you know, and, and a thousand generations or with you now or in you now like to me that sounds like a much better relationship between the two than what they left off on so like you could always establish that like and i like yeah they could have made up through force communication and meditation i totally agree and i mean he showed up for her when it counted in the end right or you know for her <laughs> or for kylo or for let you know what you know? Who exactly did he show up for? Everybody, obviously. But and today, when I was driving around for work, I thought of something, and I'm sure this has been uh, theorized already. I'm sure this is not an original thought. But what if that scene in the trailer is once again mis misdirection? Like we're led to believe because it's taking place during the scene with Ray that it's Luke talking to Ray at some point in the movie, right? Yeah. What if? That's Ooh. him talking to Kylo. Ooh, I like that. You know what I, I mean? Like, what if that is him being like, like, what if Kylo turns good or goes back to the light and he's like, you got to go fight Emperor Palpatine. This is your fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, and with, I think that's a possibility. I don't know how much of a possibility, but it's something to consider. But I don't know, man. <clears throat> We'll see. We don't have that long until we know. And like I said, I'm I'm stoked for episode nine. I can't uh, give me what you guys got to give me. You know what I mean? Um, and I'll just be glad when it's done. Like the the discussion and the the questioning of whether Ray is related to somebody or will Kylo be redeemed. Like I'm just ready to know the end of the story and then be able to view the sequel trilogy as a completed story. You know what I mean? Like very much looking forward to that. You and me both. All right, here we go. We got an email from Jake. Hello, Halls and Will long time listener. And I've written in a few times before, but I want to start doing it more regularly. Anyways, I'm just sitting here with some relaxed grass watching the traffic drive down by my street, thinking about episode nine and how excited I am to finally see a trailer, assuming they show one at celebration. As you can tell, this email is a little bit old. Uh, anyways, I couldn't help but think how bitch the first order is compared to the empire. The empire ruled shit for like 25 years before they were stomped. The First Order is ruling for what? Maybe a year if they have total control come Episode 9 and assuming they are defeated in Episode 9 as well. 
Why is the First Order such a bitch considered to its big daddy, the Empire? They should have fucked up somewhere. They fucked up somewhere along the way. Should have used that clone army. Anyways, hope you guys have a blasted celebration. Hopefully talk to you guys again soon. Keep doing what you're doing, a dude named Jake. Um, That is kind of one of the bigger um, differences between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy is like, by the time of the original trilogy, the Empire has been in control for a while. Um, and the Emperor has entire control over the entire Galactic Senate, or the Imperial Senate at that point. Right. And he is, you know, I, I, I don't know if he was a strong leader. Let's assume he's a strong leader, the Emperor. Uh, maybe not as strong a leader as Snoke. You know, maybe, I mean, Snoke was definitely a strong leader to hold together a First Order, but he didn't have, he didn't have the entire, I guess, the resources of the entire Galactic Republic at his disposal like Palpatine did. Well, also, like, Palpatine was sitting at the top of a giant mountain considering what Snoke is sitting atop of. Also, their two approaches were wildly different. Like, Palpatine played the long con you know, slowly worked his way up into the position of power to where he could grant himself emergency powers and then, you know, sort of betrayed the Jedi, started the Empire, but still kept the Senate around. They don't dissolve the Senate until episode four. Remember, like, Tarkin comes in and he's like, the Empire has dissolved the Senate. And they talk about how, like, regional governors will be up to um, control their systems and stuff. Snoke just blew that shit up. He was like, yeah. fuck it, blow up their seat of power. So, like, it's moving at a more accelerated pace. And then in episode eight, Ray does tell Luke, like, if if you don't come back, the First Order is going to have control of the galaxy. I, I can't remember the time frame she says, if she says in weeks or days, but, like, clearly the, even though we only see, that's something also kind of interesting about the sequel trilogy is we, we see so little of what's going on in the galaxy as a whole. It's, it's very focused on these contained stories. You know what I'm, I mean? We don't know, like, I guess during the events of The Last Jedi, like, there's First Order forces out, like, taking over other planets and stuff, you know? Uh, that's something we don't kind of know. It'll be interesting to see what they establish as far as the First Order's control in Episode Nine which I guess is about a year after uh, The Last Jedi. So that is one of the more, but you know, like they also have this whole storyline, like the First Order was kind of chilling out in the Outer Rim or beyond the Outer Rim, like waiting to strike. So they've been around for a while. They just make their, their power move in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Definitely different approaches. Yeah, definitely. A <laughs> Snoke just I mean, it took Palpatine, what, 20 years to blow up a planet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Who's... Snoke was like, fuck it, kill them all. Uh, next, we've got um, Matthew Moss. 
Hi, Halls and Will. I'm a longtime listener, first-time emailer to the pod. I discovered Blue Harvest around when Rogue One was released. I remember seeing a mention of it on the Space Barbarians Instagram page, decided to check it out, and never looked back. I appreciate the thoughtful, thorough, and good humor coverage y'all have of all things Star Wars Universe. Keep up the terrific work. Cheers, Moss Man. P.S. For the question, if you could have one piece of a set or a prop from a Star Wars film, what would it be? For me, it would be one of the OG Yoda puppets. PSS, I highly recommend others check out the Blue Harvest Patreon for the Blue Harvest Adventures RPG. That game takes me back to my own experiences with the game, and Robbo has created an exciting story to share. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Man, Robbo is an excellent DM. Yes, he is. Okay, so. <clears throat> um, if you could own one prop or piece of st- I mean like for me it's obviously a Boba Fett helmet that's it's pretty but like one of the lightsabers would be cool there's so much cool stuff that's what I was gonna say one of the lightsabers or um a a x-wing cockpit maybe not even the whole x-wing but just if I could cockpit. set the cock just climb in that cockpit and just feel feel that feeling because we're <laughs> talking about the kid that used to mock up cardboard boxes. So like, let's say my family got a cardboard box big enough. You know what you do with that big ass cardboard? I mean, the uh, cardboard box. You make a cockpit for an X-wing. You damn like right. You, that's what you, you do. Cut out the panels and you draw in all the stuff. You know, you go grab the joystick from the computer table. Stay um, on target. Yeah. Yeah, um, at Celebration, they but, uh, have this, a, this... The Boba Fett puppet, I mean, the, the Yoda puppet would be... A, would, would that be a would be cool. At Celebration, they had like, I don't... Maybe it was called the Prop Store. I can't remember what the booth was called, but they had some screen-used Star Wars stuff for sale. Um, like, And they were all presented fairly nice. Like, they'd have like a shadow box set up with um, some strands of Chewie's fur from one of the suits or a tuft of Ewok fur and things like that. And like seeing those, I was like, damn, those are pretty neat. That'd be pretty neat to have, you know? So even small stuff like that is cool. Um, what makes me really envious are the people that have pieces of one of the Death Star models. Like, I think that's cool. That they blew up or no, like, just like disassembled piece. Well, like, you know, in uh, episode four, like when they're flying above the surface of the Death Star, like that was a huge chunk of just flat Death Star that they made, like miniature size. And like those eventually were broken down and people have pieces of that and stuff. I think that's neat. <clears throat> All right. We have an email from Utah. Dougie. Halls and Will. I was talking with some friends about The Last Jedi. As you know, many people were divided on the movie. It wasn't the worst, but wasn't the best. I talked to one friend in particular and came up with a few tweaks to make it better for him. I would keep everything the same up until Yoda talks to Luke. Yoda convinces Luke to help Rey and enter the fight. Just as he is lifting his X-Wing out of the sea, it is blown up by the Knights of Ren. 
Luke lights up the green and has an epic duel defeating them. He is then trapped on the island, forcing him to protect himself to face Kylo. The exertion causes him to go into a coma and he doesn't die. Roll credits. My buddy seemed to love this angle and I personally would have loved more saber action. I don't want to keep dwelling on what could have been and we'll move forward in future emails. Keep up the good work, Dougie. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a way you could have gone. It would have been neat to see Luke Skywalker whip ass in that way. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, I think... I, I just... I kind of prefer the way it went. And yeah, I know that's, that's not going to sit well with some people, but... It's so... I don't know, samurai? So kung fu mm-hmm. movie, kind of? Yeah, and like, no offense to Mark Hamill... And, like, he even mentions it in um, the making of The Last Jedi. Like, he was hesitant about the stunt work stuff. And, like, you know, like, I love Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. And, obviously, he was older than Mark Hamill is now. But it's very clear in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith that that's not always Christopher Lee. And they have to find some ways around you know having someone that's a little older be able to do that kind of stuff and like I think if you had had Mark Hamill doing too much flippity floppity lightsaber action like at a certain point it may not have looked as cool as you think it might and this is nothing against Mark Hamill it's just sort of like and it wouldn't be much of passing the torch right but that being said, his confrontation on with Kylo, like, to me, they found a way to make that happen without it looking goofy. And the same thing with him and, and um, Ray when they have their little duel. So, absolutely. You know, I think that's why I'm ultimately pretty happy with it. And I, I think I said this earlier in the War Force Awakens. Or maybe before it came out, or maybe after, but, you know, part of the magic of being a Jedi Master is not having to use your lightsaber like you would have when your connection to the Force may not have been as strong. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, the Force, the strong connection to the Force and the Force powers are like a prestige of being a Master. Does that make sense? No, I totally get what you're saying. And that's what I like. Um, no, no, I, I totally get it. Um, let's see. Who do we have next? All right, here we go. We've got our buddy, Billy Bob. Hey buddies, have a question for you both. I'm still listening to the whole blue harvest catalog and I'm not necessarily doing it in order, but I was on an episode the other day. It was episode 40, I believe. And you and Will were talking about, what if Joss Whedon directed a Star Wars film? I would love to see that as well. I couldn't agree war- more. My question is, and you might have went over this before, what other directors do you have in mind that you wouldn't mind seeing their vision of a Star Wars movie? To me, honestly, he's done such a great job with Guardians. I wouldn't mind seeing a James Gunn Star Wars movie and even a James Cameron directed one as well. That's just a few I had in mind. Also, listen to episode 48, Darth Payne, when y'all had Goose on, I believe, for the first time. And that episode was amazing. The confrontations that took off in that one were really good. 
Besides, I know I don't even really know the guy, but Goose is my boy, Vader represent. Anyways, guys, this one's long enough. Have a blast, having a blast listening to this great content. Halls, I hope you have a blast at Celebration next next week, man, and have a safe trip back. Can't wait to hear the reviews when you get back. I hope I have as much fun at my KISS show next Saturday. Hope you guys have a great couple of weeks. I know Halls said y'all might not record the week of Celebration. So until we hear from y'all again, have a good one, and may the force be with you, Billy Bob. Um, Star well, first Wars. of all, I hope you enjoy your Kiss show. Yeah, I bet From what I heard, they put on a good show. I don't know if they're still putting on good shows as old as they are, but they yeah. used to put on good shows. I bet you there was all kinds of fake blood and pyro and shit. Lots of pyro. Um, So, to me, like... I'm not necessarily opposed to a Joss Whedon Star Wars, but Joss Whedon's gone a little silly. Like he's gone. He's. I don't know necessarily about Joss Whedon so much anymore, and I kind of feel like he and James Gunn have both. While I both I enjoy stuff both of them have done, I enjoy it a lot. Kind of feel like they got their Star Wars in without working within Star Wars, you know like Firefly and Guardians of the Galaxy are like their Star Wars. Um I'd like to see Neil Blumkamp do a Star Wars movie. Oh, right, you hit the nail on the head. That would be cool. Give him like not a super high budget Star Wars movie and see what he can come up. Because Neil Blumkamp's one of those dudes like he got a lot of attention after District 9, which is a movie I really enjoy. And then it seems like with each progressive movie, Elysium and Chappie, that has gone down. But I'm here to tell you, I enjoyed both of those. Right. So, I'd like to see him take a shot at Star Wars. Um, what about you, Will? Do you have any directors you'd like to see do Star Wars? I think you you took mine. I'd love to see what Spielberg would do. That would I be mean, interesting. Just, because, just, you know, you know, I guess there was a time when... Maybe George Lucas was trying to ask him to do Return of the Jedi. And then maybe even The Phantom Menace at one point. I know he also talked to Ron Howard about doing The Phantom Menace. So, I don't know, man. That would be interesting to see what a Spielberg... um, A Spielberg Star Wars movie would look like. And, to be completely honest, I got my number one wish. Right off the bat, my number one wish was J.J. Abrams. So, at this point, like, bring it on. Whoever you got, I'm I'm ready to see what they got going on. And um, there are so many directors that I like tied to The Mandalorian. You know, I feel like they're doing their Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like Bryce Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like... There's so many, like, and I, I'll be honest, I don't have a wide knowledge of directors. You yeah, know, me like, either. I kind of figure it, like, a Jordan Peele Star Wars, that would be fucking cool. What would that dude, like, uh, Get Out was really good. I hear Us was really good. I haven't seen it yet, but, like, what would he do in Star Wars with a giant yeah. budget? Like, that yeah. could be cool. Like, but once again, like I'm not super familiar with people until they hit the real big like mainstream. I'm not one of those people that 
really keeps up with directors and stuff like that. <clears throat> All right. We're going to try to get to a couple more emails, and then we got to stick a fork in this one. We'll do two more, and then um, we won't be too far behind once we do two more. So first up, we got an email um, from Tracy Moon. Hi, sir. In the current canon or even legends, do we have any idea of what happened to the Slave One after Boba Fett went into the Sarlacc pit? Cheers, Tracy. Um, so in legends, Boba definitely gets the Slave One back after the Sarlacc pit. But I don't think there's any information on what happened to it in canon after um yeah i'm pretty sure there's not any sort of mention it post return of the jedi <clears throat> um yep yeah, nope i just looked uh and it appears there is nothing so yeah i wonder what that old ship is up to if Boba's dead, then probably not good things. Probably been disassembled. Scrapped for parts. Like my heart when they canceled the Boba Fett movie. Mm, scrapped for parts. Scrapped for parts. Man, oh man. All right. <clears throat> and now we got one from our buddy Brad H. Hey guys, so I'm pretty stoned right now. And I'm re-watching The Last Jedi. In light of The Rise of Skywalker, the dialogue between Kylo and Snoke holds a bit more weight. When Snoke said, the seeds of the Jedi Order lives, hope lives, it got my brain juices flowing. So a bit of speculation with more questions than answers. But we still don't know a ton about Snoke or his backstory. I believe that we'll be more explored more in The Rise of Skywalker, and will play a more central figure who has some sort of nexus to Palpatine. What that is is anyone's guess, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is a strong connection considering his disdain and knowledge of the Jedi Order, and in particular, Luke Skywalker and the Skywalker bloodline. Why would Snoke care so much about the Jedi Order when, as far as I know, it hasn't existed since before Luke and Leia were born? Why was that such a threat that Snoke felt compelled to mention it to Kylo? Also, the dark side has continuously used the Skywalker bloodline to try and gain leverage over the galaxy, turning Anakin and Ben, trying to turn Luke and or kill him, and trying to break the soul of Leia. Why is the Skywalker lineage tormented by the dark side? To that end, how do you think the Skywalkers will rise? Thanks, boys. I hope this was coherent. Coherent. It was. Um... Once again, when we were talking about the Palpatine thing, right? And was right. that really the the end point or is that really always in the cards? Like, right. could that be part of the reason Snoke was taken out in The Last Jedi? Because they were like, look, we need to clear the stage for Palpatine. Like, I do think we're going to find out. I don't know if it'll be in episode nine, but I think we're going to find out there was some kind of connection between Snoke and Palpatine. And that means for all the people bitching about how Snoke went out in a bitch-ass way, 
Snoke was never going to make it past the second movie. I mean, for all those people thinking Ryan Johnson did something stupid with Snoke, like if Palpatine was the end goal, like Snoke was never. Yeah, then Snoke had to go. go. You had to make room for Palpatine. You can't have Palpatine, Snoke, Kylo, and Rey. You know what I mean? And Luke Skywalker and blah, 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 blah. You know? Like. Yeah. That is an interesting question. It makes me wonder, like, I kind of wonder if they were just playing the fucking coy secretive game and just being really good about hiding their cards before they wanted people to know what's up. And also, you know, uh, was it JJ saying he couldn't believe that that hadn't leaked by now? Right. I mean, maybe it did, you know, who knows that it didn't and people were just like, yeah, right. You know, no, no way in hell. Yeah, that's true. That's true for sure. Um, Just because nobody saw it coming. <clears throat> yeah, I I really need to go back and re-listen to the Aftermath books and see, like, could the whole First Order have been, the whole creation of the First Order and Snoke and everything, could that have been a giant long con contingency plan of Palpatine's? Like, Palpatine clearly knows how to play the long con. That's what the entire prequel trilogy is about. Right, the entire thing. And, like, yeah. And as far as how do I think the Skywalkers will rise, I think we talked about it last week, but, like, I think that that title has multiple meanings. I think it means, to to me, even though his last name is Solo, I think that points to a redemption for Kylo. Kind of like Return of the Jedi can mean Luke, but it also means Anakin returning from the dark side, you know? Um, so I, I think that could be a, a, a facet of it, you know? I think part of it is the rise of the legend of Skywalker, which like, you see yep. right that last scene of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he has the legend of Skywalker has risen to give spring hope across the galaxy to respark the rebellion. Which, by the way, also kind of like an, a mid credit scene or an end credit scene that's just in the actual movie. When you think yeah, about it. Yeah, and when the kid pulls the broom to him with the force, yep. that's really. <clears throat> um, that could very well be it. Like I said, I personally believe that, you know, for lack of a better term, Luke is going to adopt Ray and be like, no, you're a Skywalker. You're not a nobody. Like, if it really means that much to you, you're a Skywalker. You know what I mean? Like, who cares about your shitty parents? You're clearly a good person. Like, you're important. You don't need to be from an esteemed bloodline or some mystical bloodline connected to the Force to be someone important. You're a Skywalker. Like, you're part of the family. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think yeah. that could be be it. Like I think it's I think once we see the movie, the title is gonna make obviously it's gonna make a lot of sense, but I think it's gonna make a lot of sense on different levels. You got anything else to add, buddy? Did I lose you there, buddy? Oh, did you lose me? Can you hear me? 
I can now. It oh sounded goodness. like I lost you there for a second. I was just asking if you had anything else to add. No. All righty. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We made a we made a dent in the emails, so I think we should definitely be able to finish those up next week. Remember, guys, next week, episode two hundred. Get them uh, get them voicemails in and stuff. We want to hear from you guys. I don't know how much we're going to have to talk about. Big question is, will there be some kind of announcement or information on May the 4th? Maybe that's when we'll find out the dates for um, um, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, the next one. So anyways, guys, <coughs> thanks for listening. Uh, if you like our theme song... Please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you haven't done so already. It really helps us out. And until episode 200, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Whitten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.